it's a good song. It's 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 good. Not I don't mean in the sense of musically. I, I'm not a good judge of that. I, I like some music that's horrible. But uh, how else? How else do you do you express yourself? You can scream. You can cry. You can yell. Whatever. But if you want your thoughts to be heard, you need to say them in a way that people will hear them and remember them. And uh, Bruce is clearly a poet at heart. He uh, he finds a subject that's difficult and he puts it out there and he lets you know his thoughts. But just like with Born in the USA, you don't have to agree with him, but that song will stick with you and you, you know his opinion. Welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. And joining me today, it, I got to just pull back the curtain because that's how I roll. My my guest here and I, uh, well, first off, Dave, say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. So, Dave Proctor. Uh, I keep using – he signs everything with David K. Proctor, so I keep wanting to say that. Uh, but David is a um, – I'll let him read a minute, but he is a frequent um, contributor to my Next Stop Everywhere podcast. He always gives me feedback. He has been on the podcast with us, Charles and I, talking Doctor Who. And I said, you got to be on Bruce Springsteen. you got to be on Set Lessing Bruce. And he said yes, and we had a great conversation and then the next morning when I went to look at it, none of it recorded. <laughs> so play the, uh, you know, uh, the um, f- fail horn of, you know, Price is Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I guess, though, I didn't scare him off. David said he'd be willing to join again. So welcome back to Will the show. Will eager. Uh, <laughs> so why don't we start out? Tell a little bit. Tell people a little about yourself, David. Well, I'm 52 years old. I live in Colorado, um, born and raised on the East Coast in North Carolina. Um, moved out here, didn't even know the Army still had um, forts, so to speak, in the middle of the country. And my first assignment was at Fort Carson and came out here. The first day in Colorado, I met my lovely wife now. We just celebrated our 30th anniversary. I've got a daughter who is a chef and is uh, just the joy of my life. And uh, I work here in the middle of Colorado as a deputy sheriff, and uh, that's me. Well, that is great. Um, What was Fort Carson... Who, who is Fort Carson named after? Kit Carson, I believe. Okay. Cause, um, There's a Kit Carson County here, too, so I've always yeah. assumed that, and I believe I read that when I was there. Yeah. Um, so 
to show you that we will go off on tangents again. Um, I was born in Leesville, Louisiana. My dad was stationed at Fort Polk at the time. My grandmother worked at Fort Polk. That is where I first got my comic books. Uh, my I've told the story many times. My grandmother uh, ran the PX, you know, which is a on-base Walmart or Target uh, for those of you who've never been in the Army or never been a dependent. And so she was the manager of the PX, and she would take me there, and I would pick all the comic books I wanted, David, and she would rip the cover off so she could get credit, and then I would keep the coverless comics to read. Um, and so Fort Polk I just was a major part of my life. My sister still works at Fort Polk. Um, and I had no idea it was named after a Confederate general. <laughs> and I was like, really? And if you look into it, the guy it was named after was like this horrible general that like had a losing record. So I'm like, yes, <laughs> you know, we should change the name of this base because it's a, he's a, it isn't even like a good general. So, uh, so I was just curious, Kit Carson, that's a little better thing. That's, that's a good name. So, you know, uh, yeah. And I heard a guest of yours make the point. They could have used James K. Polk, the president. He was born in North Carolina. Yeah. It would have been a perfect choice. Exactly. That would have um, made a lot of sense. You know, it's interesting. Um, I guess the current atmosphere out there has been bringing a lot of this to the forefront where you're, like, learning these histories of things you didn't know. Like, the city of Breckenridge, Colorado, was named after a Confederate general. and They changed the spelling because they didn't want to align with it, but it's still Breckenridge. But – uh there's, you know, if people go, why do we name things after Confederate generals? Why do we celebrate the team that lost and all of this kind of things? If you're going to think of that and you think about double negatives and so forth, maybe naming it after a Confederate general who lost all the time, those are the ones, I mean, we didn't want them to win. So maybe that's the, the way to do it. The ones that lost were the good ones. In the long run, yeah, I guess the United so. States. <laughs> but it is kind of weird. It is kind of strange. It um, and um, I I've, I have enjoyed um, the and you know we don't try to be too political here, but I did think it was really funny when um, someone played the clip about President Trump being very strong, very anti um senator mccain right like i believe my war heroes don't get captured like oh but you support confederate generals that lost i mean i thought you only supported winners like <laughs> make up your mind um so yeah. how long have you been in law office a law officer i just recently in april uh past 25 years well that is um it is very admirable. I, I know um, you and your um, sibling officers must feel a lot of pressure with everything going on and may not feel that appreciated. But um, I think all of us, you know, support the mass, the vast majority of people that are out there serving and protecting that are doing the right thing. So good for you. Um, but I won't speak for you. How do you feel with all this going on? What What's it make you think? Well, I'll tell you. 
when I got out of high school and went to college and didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, I joined the army so I could put it off for four years <laughs> and then didn't know really then what I wanted to do. And, um, a, a longtime friend now, but I had just met through my wife while I was in the army had gone off to the academy and it originally was a thought of, okay, it's, it's an opportunity I can put myself through and I can use the GI bill to go and I can find a job just about anywhere. A small department will help me build a resume. Then I can work wherever I want. And, you know, I thought the army was a good way to, you know, say, Hey, I love my country. And I thought police work was kind of a continuation of that and that uh, I could uh, be on the side of good I've always thought we have been, and I know that the media has a, uh, well, they have to sell time on their TV channels during the news as well, and they got to put things out there to keep people watching TV, and unfortunately, if you actually talked about what law enforcement's actually like, you'd be bored to tears, but the things that make the news make us sad um i think i'm out there doing the right thing and uh i still believe that 100 percent. but you know it's it's really hard to see these things happening in our country that clearly need to be resolved and when i say need they needed to be resolved 200 years ago um 400 years ago. It should have never been a, a problem, but here we are. But I don't want to go too deep into this, but I, I was telling someone just the other day, what, what is the answer? I said, I don't, I don't know. But if I was a handyman and I was out trying to fix the problems in our neighborhood or in, in someone's home, and the only tool I brought with me was a hammer, I'm not going to be that effective eventually you're going to need other tools and the government has lots of people that go out and do things in their communities um, and people have different views of them but they you know there's there's somebody that does all these different functions of government the police happen to be the most visible and probably the most often contacted in your daily life. I mean, we don't meet our senators. We don't meet our city councilmen. You might know them, but you, you rarely see them. And when you do, it's not when they're doing their job. It's when they're out in public. Cops you meet when they're doing their job. And often it's not a pleasant thing. Even if you're not the suspect or whatever, you're not usually involved with it if it's not a bad day. So, I understand the negativity. Yeah, so. I, I think so. And David, I'll jump in here because I agree. Like, um, you know, Linda has done tons of, you know, bike rallies and races. And so she would often see police officers out doing crowd control, right? So it's a pleasant experience. She's always, you know, thank you for being out here. But, um, you know, you're no one likes to be stopped when you're running – you know, when you 
get a speeding ticket or you know run through a stop sign or you know a rolling stop right um and um it was funny um i i I can't remember who said it now but it it was a writer and so i won't embarrass by giving their name but i they said you know um i can't guarantee it but um if one of the first things you say when you get stopped by a police officer is um, "I'm sorry," uh, you you have you you you're on your way to maybe getting a warning <laughs> because people argue all the time. You're like, "You're right, officer. I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention. I went over." Um, but and, and we won't get too serious. But it's a very different world about you know as me as a 60 year old white guy and my interactions to the police then versus someone who's a lot younger and a different nationality or a different color and it's scary and i think your point of you know it's a business saying if if the only tool in your um toolbox is a hammer every problem looks like a nail and exactly. um, yeah and and you know we th- and you know we talk about that a lot in business that you know there are a lot of different problems a little for things and my my hope is we continue to work for it and kind of uh go through um we talked last time but and and we will get to music talk but i because we're kind of on this you um you you had never heard of um American Skin 41 Shots before we had talked about it and I'd sent it to you and uh, you had some thoughts about it that you had shared last time that didn't get recorded so um, <laughs> go ahead and share again well, what your thoughts were you know I know I went down a kind of a deep deep well the last time I answered this but um, Go, it's go, a good we song. It. It's it, it, it's a it's a good song. It's 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 good. Not I don't mean in the sense of musically. I, I'm not a good judge of that. I, I like some music that's horrible. But uh, what I mean is, how else how else do you do you express yourself? You can scream, you can cry, you can yell, whatever. But if you want your thoughts to be heard you need to say them in a way that people will hear them and remember them and uh bruce is clearly a poet at heart he uh he finds a subject that's difficult and he puts it out there and he lets you know his thoughts but just like with born in the usa you don't have to agree with him but that song will stick with you and you you know his opinion and it's 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 not like um, uh, I like I like to compare people who just complain all the time or whatever as, as barking dogs. You, you walk by the yard and they bark and bark and bark and if you if you just keep walking it's, it's going to go away. But if if you engage with the dog it's, they're just going to keep barking louder. So what do you do? But if you have if you can articulate yourself and get out there and touch people instead of just bark maybe then they'll sit back and listen to your, listen to your thoughts. And, you know, um, the, the subject of that song is dreadful. Somebody's dead. And you've made the point, I believe, uh, that, um, 
perhaps it's a police officer who's there um, hoping that the, the person he's shot is is uh, not going to die. And, I mean, you know, no one wants to take a life. And right. law enforcement is one of those jobs, even more so than when I was in the military, that because it's personal. And, you know, okay, this could be the result of the job I've trained for and why would I ever get in line to to maybe have this happen fortunately I've never had that happen to me I've never had to I've never had to fire my weapon um, at anyone Um, thank goodness and I've never well I had somebody who accidentally fired a gun near me Uh, uh, it was a suspect but uh, it wasn't one of those he wasn't like shooting at me. So I've never had that either. So I don't really, you never know how you're going to react until you're, you're faced with it. But I can't imagine anything harder to get over. Yeah. I I think I I totally agree. And yeah, I mean, someone had said, well, there's someone had made the point that uh, Bruce does not discuss the police point of, of view in the song. And, you know, I made the argument, well, I think he does in the very first um, verse where he's talking about, you know, you know, you're standing in the vestibule praying, praying for his life um, because of whatever the circumstances and, and you're right. And it's a scary, scary thing. Um, so thank you. For, I appreciate you sharing for that. And, and I hope you remain safe and I hope you remain, you know, because it's. It's scary out there, and uh, I, I appreciate all you do. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. All right, so I always like to start at the beginning, David. So you already talked about you grew up in the Carolinas, so a little bit in the south. Um, talk about growing up. What kind of music did you listen to growing You know, what did your family listen to? Give me a little <clears throat> bit about the young David. Well, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna answer it a little different than I did last time because that was a test run, and now I've had more time to think about it. <laughs> I love it. And my 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 family never made a real musical impression on me, so to speak. My dad seemed to want to listen to country all the time, and that was fine. But of course, as a teenager, you must rebel. Um, there's a lot of country music, but I somehow, uh, more than a specific, um, excuse me, I don't know if you hear me on the air or not, but, um, excuse me. Um, no, you're good. Anyway, I don't know. I don't, you have to, you have to find your own way. And, um, I lately have been listening to things that make me nostalgic. I mean, you'd probably be surprised to find out there's probably 200 uh, television show and movie themes on my iPod that just pop up randomly. And I love it. Oh, yeah. The Fall Guy. Oh, I love that. And um, so I remember that whenever there was an event in town when I was a kid and I was the perfect age for the bicentennial for instance and there were army jeeps and things brought over to the school and you could climb on them and oh that was great and they had um uh, bluegrass 
bands or always bluegrass bands. And, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't get into rock and roll until later. And, uh, but I think that down home, Oh, I love it. And I can, I can remember it. I can tap my foot to it. And even, even if it's not quite the same song, if the bluegrass song comes on now, I'll tap my foot. And I would not have until I put my, uh, thoughts to it have ever called myself a bluegrass fan, but country music from back then will come on. Um, I had a job in high school where I was cutting grass for a living and every day it was, a, it was a commute. Uh, I, I would go to work locally and then they would drive us and there was an hour in and an hour back and they played country music and I didn't, I didn't care for it all that much. But when one of them songs, one of those songs that was popular that year comes on the radio now, I'm like, oh, yeah, Randy it, Travis. All it, my, all it my brings you back, right? Texas. Oh, it my goodness. You back, Absolutely. Yeah. Nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it energizes me. That All my exes live in Texas. Not It's not the subject of the song, but the song itself. Just, oh, I love it. It's it, the it, memory, it energizes right? me. Yeah, that that's great. That's good. So when young uh, Dave kind of became on your own, what when you could listen to your own music, what did you choose? What what did you like? You know, uh, I liked to introspect. <laughs> um, I, I I I love to talk, but I also like to run the conversation. And when you're young, you're not the one asked to do that. So it didn't always, you know, young people don't always get along with everything their parents are doing. So Dave decided that sort of retreating into his own world was probably the way to go. And and the first thing I ever owned that I bought with my own money was a uh, stereo. And uh, the friends I had were all listening to Van Halen. And I got into it. And it was 1984, I assume, because the first, um, the, the album 1984 had just come out. And I really learned about them because uh, my friend had just been to the concert. And I was like, who? And then we started talking. And I hear it on the radio. And um, and I got into it. And then pretty soon I owned all their albums. And, of course, had I known then uh, that I had missed my opportunity to see the original lineup, that I would be sad. But uh, you know, they got they got a singer who was already established, and off they went with a whole nother career. Let's call it Chapter Two. And you know, I've I've loved them ever since. And I, I you know, I like I, one of their songs can come on right now, and I can sing along with it just like when I was uh, 18 years old and walking around with a Walkman on my head a hundred percent of the time, because it just, it just, I don't know, bolts into your soul or it doesn't let go. It's like your, your first love. You always remember it. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. I don't, I don't remember if we talked about this last time and yes, listeners, I know we should not keep mentioning, but it's hard not to. Uh, but, um, one of my favorite Bruce moments uh, was in uh, the, oh, I'm going to get it wrong, 2014. 
and um, the NCAA tournament um, uh, was being held in Dallas, and there was a um, they did a festival of in it, it was being held in Dallas, and they had a festival right here in Dallas in in, um, in the the, uh, the like downtown Dallas in a park. And um, Bruce was the highlight, the high, you know, Bruce and the E Street Band were the headliner of the festival. Um, and so, and you can Google this um, because they ended up broadcasting it over the internet. Um, they come out to the sounds of Sweet Georgia Brown, the Globetrotter song. And, yeah. and they, um, and so. Um, Bruce and Niels Lofgren, who's one of his guitarists, do a jump ball, and they, the Kevin, his technician, throws the ball in the air, and then they kick it out into the, um, you know, crowd, and the sound of jump starts being played. <laughs> and the E Street Band does a cover of Jump, which was amazing, um, and. And the joke was, you know, I, I grabbed Twitter. I went, who had who had Jump as the song he was going to open this show with? And someone said, <laughs> Bruce, destroying rat, uh, brackets everywhere. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. So you will wow. have to check that out and you will you will smile and you will the young Van Halen fan in you will go, Yeah, that's cool. You know what you know what made that made me think of? When when David Lee Roth left the band and they picked up Sammy Hagar, they announced it at Oh goodness, I'm gonna I'm gonna be beaten by this. But it's one of those one of those big giant charity uh, concerts that they put on like we are the world or one of those um, I, I forget but um, Van Halen's out there and they bring out they announce that uh, Sammy's going to start playing with them and and uh, I don't even know if they were supposed to perform but clearly they had instruments there so they must Sammy was asked to sing something and they hadn't rehearsed and they jumped into the who, uh, who are you? I think it was, or maybe it wasn't that one. Um, oh gosh. One of the theme songs from one of the, what was the original Las Vegas crime scene CSI show? That, that theme. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, right. Uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the name, but anyway, mm -hmm. And it was like amazing. Do you know what that says? Not only about the talents of the musicians you're listening to, but the impact that another band yes. has had on these musicians that, oh, we can just do this right off. We, we at least played this ourselves so many times. And, you know, I do love a good cover. Uh, yeah. If, if it's a song you love hearing it again somebody else is such a tribute it, it is and it's kind of nice to hear someone um you know just reinterpret a classic or someone that's loved um you will enjoy this coming up david in the next week or two um there i'm doing a series of 
um, episodes on my How Many podcast with my buddies where we're picking the song, the bands of our life. And there's 11 questions and like Mm -hmm. band you hate, band you, you know, think is overrated, band that made you fall in (laughs) love with music, band that you could listen to over and over again. And uh, Gary Grant, uh, one of my buddies, uh, Van Halen was one of his answers. And he said that he thinks Van Halen with David Lee Roth and Van Halen with uh, Hager are two different bands. But he loves them just as much. Like, it doesn't matter to him. Even though he thinks in his mind they're kind of two separate bands, just to him, they just, he loves them both. So, uh, we had a really good discussion about them and, and their diversity. Um, so, you've got your own little record player. You're enjoying Van Halen. <laughs> uh, what other kind of music were you liking at this point in high school and as you moved into college? Well, let's back up a little and say this. I never owned any Van Halen on vinyl. Oh, okay. I was okay. a cassette man. Ah, okay, um, cassette player, yeah. Um, See, David, I'm this, old enough that be... mine were eight tracks. That's how old <laughs> I am. <laughs> you know what? I, uh, I put an eight-track player into a car that my dad owned, and he let me drive occasionally just so I could get an adapter and play cassette tape because I didn't know I, I didn't I didn't have the money to buy a stereo for not my car and it right. had just an AM uh, radio single speaker and um, somewhere in the shed there was this old eight track car radio and I just without asking went in and installed it and I bought a eight track cassette converter and played it. It would have been great except I also caused some kind of weird short where the headlights wouldn't shut off and then some other things. But yeah, it was <laughs> some engineering, but my, you want to hear my first actual music that kind of got me to even sure, care go for it. music. Um, so we remember the summers of 77, 78 as big years in the sci-fi world. And everybody will remember Star Wars and uh, Star Trek and all of those movies starting to be a thing. I also saw Grease that year and I think 78. And uh, man, that movie, for some reason, just impacted me. And uh You know, the story's fine and all that, and I like it, but it was the music. You could sing along with it, and that was great. And I had never seen a musical, and I don't even know if you consider that exactly a musical. They're not just random. Well, I guess they do randomly just break into song. But anyway, it's a music-based world, and it's more or less an old rock and roll-type music, so I like that. And so I owned the two... Two uh, disc set uh, soundtrack from Greece, and of course the same time. Let's get physical greatest hits of Olivia Newton John, and the Dick Clark's Fifty Years of Rock and Roll double album. That was actually my mom's, but they didn't have a record player that functioned either. So I had this little, I mean, little kid 
record player, one speaker, no stereo, um, inexpensive thing that I think I got for Christmas years prior. And those three records went round and around and around. And the weird thing is I also had somebody got me the single for, uh, um, Oh, the Olivia Newton John song from Greece. Look at me being an expert, hopelessly devoted, hopelessly devoted. And, uh, so I physically had three copies of that song at the same time. And you must guess that I uh, played that a lot. And those are the only three ones I had. And then in 1984 comes around and I got a Sony Walkman for the first time. And that's when the cassette craze went, and, Oh, I can carry it with me. And um, yes, I do did have the cassette for that- Greece and now I have it on my iPod. So it lives with you, you know. That was right. <laughs> that that was seemed magical. You could carry that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. And um, I mean, it, I was kind of crazy. I carried around a big box of cassettes with me when I walked around town. And I had a job, but no car, so I walked around um, carrying carrying a box of tapes, tiny little personal stereo, but a big box of tapes just so I could listen to what I wanted to. And uh, I've always had a hard time finding the right channel on the radio because my tastes come from so many different directions. Yeah. And, uh, like, I went to see La Bamba, so, of course, I had to get some Richie Valens, and I went to see whatever. Name name a movie that had music in it. Yeah. And I had to had to look into that, so... You know, that, that's me. <laughs> it, it is kind of funny. I hadn't thought about this in years, but, um, you know, you used to have, um, you know, I had, you know, the eight track case that had your eight tracks. Then when you moved, you had cassettes. And then, um, but then when you got to CDs, right, you take it out of the jewel case and you just would have it in a, a sleeve. That you know, because it was yeah. it would be less bulky. You would have your CD discs. Uh, that's funny. By the way, I can't decide now, David. I'm I'm of I'm of two minds. Um, I normally, when you post a a um, podcast, you include an image. Like uh, Charles always gets an image from the Doctor Who episode that we do, and he attaches that and. I usually will ask my guest, hey, do you have a photo you want to use, or I'll grab one. But now then, I, I want to use that. I'm tempted to not show your beautiful face, but to show that picture <laughs> of the Dick Clark album you sent me, because you still have that. <laughs> well, do, you, do you want to know why it came out of the uh, uh, the attic? was because my daughter has recently gotten into vinyl. Okay. So I went and found the the collection and was trying to uh, interest her in all our old records, and uh, she didn't really have a, a desire for oh, very many of them. That's a shame. <laughs> that that's a great. I remember because uh, I had that in a track, and uh, I loved <laughs> that collection of that runaround Sue and. Uh, Crimson and clover, over I walked the line. Yes, Johnny, so much uh, good music. Johnny Cash. Oh yeah, my goodness. Great, great, great. Yeah. Um. So as you've gone into adulthood, um, I know one of the things that we talk about is 
you don't listen to as much music now, though it's still important to you, but you do a lot of podcasts, don't you? Talk to me a little bit about how that love of podcasts kind of started and 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 how they keep you company during the day. Well, I don't want anybody to make any judgments, but uh, when I uh, first started realizing there was a thing called talk radio, I uh, started tuning into it. And all you could find was religion and politics. And um, Rush Limbaugh was the biggest guy out there. And love him or hate him, he was a thing. And he he, at least from my perspective, changed um, radio. And I'm not going to say better or worse, but he got a lot of listeners, even at a TV show for a minute. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, he, but I'll be honest with you, and you can, you can read this either way. When you listen to something that's polarizing like that, it's, it, it, uh, you're, it makes you angry. And uh, I agree. You, you're, you're either angry because people don't, Oh, they don't get it. Or you're angry because no, the guy you're talking that's talking to you is not getting it. You're like, no, 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 you're misreading this one. Um, but so I got into that and I listened to it, um, you know, because it's on every day when I was at work. And uh, after a while, it just got to be too much. So I said, what else is out there? So I got into audio books and then uh, into podcasts because, wow, want a subject you've never heard anything about or you want a subject you know everything about? Well, they're both there, and uh, I love it. Uh, Omnibus uh, with Ken Jennings and John Roderick is, I got to say, right at the top of my list. And, of course, I'm leaving out the ones that are so obvious, uh, yours, um, this one, and uh, – Next stop everywhere because Thank you. you know that's a given because that's where I uh, that's where I learned of your existence. But uh, the omnibus uh, is because my wife and I bond over that because um, we both listen to it. And John Roderick actually has a couple other um, podcasts. One where they discuss um, called Friendly Fire. They discuss uh, war movies and, and kind of like you, the, the Doctor Who podcast. They'll, they'll announce the movie, I'll go watch it, and then pick up the podcast. I'm way, way behind, though, so it's just me, and he doesn't do uh, conversation with uh, view, view, listeners, I guess, so I don't get to contribute. But uh, it's good to have an opinion and then have them bolster, bolster you or shut you down. Um, I love that. I like history. Um, there's one called Revel- Revelation – Goodness, revolutions that I've been listening to um, about uh, it started out with the British Revolution, I guess the English Revolution, and then the American Revolution, the French Revolution, and then the Haitian Revolution is where I'm at now. But um, I, I last solid week or so, I've really been concentrating on the history of rock and 500 songs, 500 songs because. Wow, I heard him on your show, and I looked him up, and I'm like, this is fascinating. Who would have thought the history of rock and roll started in the mid-30s? Goodness. It, you know, I'm so glad you said that because, um, you know, I, 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 I remember just running in across this 
and I've said this to many people, but I'm like, well, you know, I don't need another podcast. I've got too many already to listen to. I said, but yeah. what I can, what I'll do is I'll just, I'll cherry pick. You know, I'll just pick, oh, if I recognize the song, I'll listen to it. And really quickly I went, no, because even if I don't know the song, the way he tells a story is amazing. So I, I was so proud that he joined me. Um, you know, he's a great storyteller. Um, and I, I just, I agree. I think it's just, it's an amazing podcast and how well, in the detail he tells the story. You know, and he, I just tweeted how I'm always at awe the amount of research he does and he tweeted back that he's always embarrassed about that because he doesn't think he does near as much as people who really do research wow like, like no no you're you know you really do uh, do a great job of doing that so that's good he's he's got so much and he he um he also puts the transcripts of his podcast on yes. the information part so you can scroll down and read through it. What did I? What did I not hear right? Yep. Or wow, I want to look that up. It, the transcripts are part of it. So yeah, it's amazing. And re, I don't know how he. I mean, if 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 that podcast is his entire life, I know he's an author. Um, I don't see how there's enough time in the day to do the research he does. He's it's amazing, and I, I, I am fascinated. Yeah, I am fascinated too. by it. And you know what? It's good also to hear because I don't know. Americans have this uh, myopic view of the world sometimes uh, that we young upstarts are the center of the universe. And there are some aspects of geopolitics that that's true. But uh, we like to think of how um, rock and roll is ours. And gosh, it started here. And it's it, it certainly has its roots in the American uh, soul, but. Uh, it's so interesting to hear from a, a British person and British perspective about it because, yeah, we might have started it, but oh goodness, the British invasion, that certainly rewrote it. So you can be whatever. Uh, you can have your opinion uh, of America's might or whatever, but uh, let's just, every time you say Elvis, you got to say the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and the, and that perspective, I'm assume, I assume he's going to get there soon in, in that podcast. Probably covered it years ago from the real world, but uh, I find it fascinating. And I know nothing about music, as, you know, as a as a form itself. So hearing the oh, check out this beat, and this goes swish swish, and this one goes one three four one. Two. I'm like, yeah. what? Let me play that again. Oh my goodness! I, I I never would have heard that. I just thought it was a catchy song. But that's amazing. That's how you link these three songs. Oh my goodness! I I'm I'm, I'm fascinated. It's it's I'm, it's it's like I feel when I go to the zoo and I'm looking at a taper or something. I've never yeah. heard of that. Oh my goodness! It's fascinating. I oh my goodness! It's a it's a it's a pig elephant. Uh, it's it, it gathers your entire attention. Uh, you, you can't put it down. It's like a good book. I absolutely agree. I agree. Um, do uh, you mentioned your daughter is getting into vinyl? What what kind of music do you guys do? You guys have things you listen to as a family, and things that you um, you uh, 
kind of bind you guys or can can I can I start with my wife? Sure, please. Um, and, and then because uh, me and my wife had kind of a whirlwind romance. We met in nineteen eighty eight and uh, were married before the year was over. Wow! Um, and it and it wasn't one of those. Oh, they had to. No, it. Yeah. We we just decided it was set. And one of the first things that impressed me was when I saw her music. Right there in the front is Van Halen 1 on vinyl. There you now, go. Now, mind you, I didn't have one, and none of my friends who were big Van Halen fans, none of them had the vinyl either. That was the first time I'd actually held it. Maybe I picked one up in a store, but that was the first one that I know had been played and listened to that I'd ever held. And I was like, she's a keeper. But, yeah. um So I listen to music all the time because, well, you know, as you – you couldn't buy movies up until a little while ago. And I, I saw a meme the other day that said, I told my nephew that I used to get Netflix through the mail. And I think he thought I was making it up. Yeah. But, um, you, you, buying a movie was not a thing. And movies are my thing. Now, if anybody says, what, what do you know about Dave movies? He's got a big collection of movies. Way, right. way too many, by the way. And, uh, that wasn't a thing, but you could buy your music and you could listen. You, you didn't need to tune into the local channel. If you had that song you wanted to hear, you just go find it and you get it. And it's much more convenient now, but, uh, I'm always listening to music. And when my daughter was in, uh, um, middle school, they had the little thing, the little continuation at the end of middle school. And, put in your favorite song and put in your favorite this and that. And what do you think about the future? And her favorite song was Aerosmith. And I was like, Oh yeah, daddy's girl. I couldn't quite get her there with the Van Halen, but Aerosmith on my list. That's so. nice. That's fascinating. And, and, and she's gone on to have her own unique taste, but she's got a um, playlist. Um, well, she had a playlist in her uh, iTunes account that was Dad's, and it was the songs that she had in her music library that I loved, and we would ride and listen, and uh, you know, classic rock. She got into an argument. It was, it was one of her funny college stories. Um, she had a person that lived in the same little area there in the dorm. I, I guess the same hallway and uh this girl was had no music in her life and uh who likes the beatles the beatles they're what a one-hit wonder uh and my daughter's like are you kidding and names like like 20 of their number one hits right in front of her and i think well yeah there's an album actually called uh one that has 20 some songs on it those are their number one hits let alone the ones that only made it to two or three. So, yeah, the Beatles. And, oh, it makes it brought a tear to my eye just now talking about it. Just oh, yeah. That depth, that depth of uh, not just what's on the radio right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do think there's a bond that comes over. Now, the weird thing is now I'm 52 and my wife is much younger than me and probably would have been a crime at one time that we were together but i'm kidding but uh she uh she has a musical taste 
of not only enjoying what I like, but she stays up with the times. I've never met a human that can do that. I listen to the radio now and I'm like, what is this? And I mean, you know, the modern, what's new. Yeah. And I don't, I don't get it. And, um, she, she, she's rolling right along. So she and my daughter, oh, I love this song. And, oh, have you heard this one? And, you know, and occasionally that's how I learn about some new song that I hadn't heard of that's actually okay. And I'll go mm-hmm. get it on iTunes and add it to my repertoire. I mean, that, after all, is how I learned about Harry Potter as a book, the two of them bonding over it. Yeah. I'm like, you're leaving me out. So now I must have read every one of the books three or four times. So it's, yeah, that's how you bond, right? You find yeah. middle ground and move toward it. Um, so. Do you, you mentioned loving films. Do you, do you have some favorite, um, obviously Grease, but film <laughs> soundtracks or, or, you know, scores? Oh goodness, that is a tough question, Jesse. Um, hey, I threw. See, that's not on the agenda. I threw you a curve. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I don't. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and answer that straight up first. Is um, when I realized that um, the Graduate, um, all the music there is Simon and Garfunkel, and I'm like. So that has to be my, one of my absolute favorites because I absolutely love every song in that movie. Um, so let's let's start with that. But I'm more which is great goes, lyrics, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm a, I'm the guy who may not like the whole uh, soundtrack. I might pick out one song. And if you've seen the movie Man on Fire, there's a song that he goes he buys because he there's a CD player in his little room and he's a man without hope. He, he doesn't have anything to live for. And, uh, he goes and finds a CD in the, in the, in the town square. And he, he doesn't even know what it is. And it's Lynn, Linda Ronstadt's, uh, blue Bayou. Right. And I know Roy Orbison did it before, but I had to have that song. And, and it wasn't the first time I watched the movie is maybe the third or fourth. Um, uh, Denzel um, is one of my favorite actors um, but I'm listening and I'm like this song it sets the mood so great oh what is it and I went and found it and um, so that one has stuck with me a long time uh, I think more modern uh, I would say the Deadpool soundtracks which of course just classic rock and roll but I love his attachment to it. His, the music in that movie to that character is that's his connection to, to humanity. He's, he's the only human yeah. in space and it ties him to his mom and everything. And that's, you know, it, it, that's how I am with music. It ties me to stuff that, that I remember and want to sure. remember. And the song may only be part of it, but yeah, I love that. I love the La Bamba. Because it's not just you know the first side of that yeah. uh, CD. And by the way, I had a trainee a couple of years ago, and I was like, a great song came on, and it was um, "Hot for Teacher" by Van Halen. I was like, oh, "Hot for Teacher," 1984, side two, second song. How funny! And, and my trainee turns and looks at me and says, "What's a side two? <laughs> oh. You don't have to flip CDs over. <laughs> now, I'll uh, go one better, right? Um, 
for the what people probably could not believe is when a tracks first came out they sometimes did not do a very good job of editing it so um, there would be four tracks in an eight track so you I don't know why it's eight track but there's four so you would click it to track to track right right yes yeah and so sometimes they would start a song on track two and then you would it would fade out. You'd hear the click going to track three, and it would start playing the rest of the song. They did not edit enough so that you would get the song on track. No. Yes, yes, it no. was. I know. Um, and if, if you remember, you 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 say click, but I bet you can hear that sound in your. Oh, head. I can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's so funny. It's like. Oh, it's like smelling something, and it takes you back to your grandma's kitchen or something. It's, it's the same, just visceral effect. Every day. <laughs> All right, so I gave you a homework assignment. Um, so I asked you to listen to Springsteen's Highway Patrolman. So um, because it is one of the songs, you know, and his main character is a uh, peace officer. He's a you know he's he's a highway patrolman. Um, don't have to love the song. Don't don't have to hate it. But any thoughts on it? You know it's a fine song. It's probably not gonna be in my everyday repertoire. You know I got to play it first. Yeah. But uh, when it comes on, I'll listen to it. It's a good song. Um, it is thought provoking, and I can see where. You'd want to ask a cop about it. I can see that because it, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't heard it so many times that I have this yeah. down, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a guy, he's a cop, his brother, and he sort of diverged. His brother joined the army. They kind of diverged into their lives. And now the brother's sort Just of a, no good one side yeah. of the law and he's the other. Exactly. And you, you know what? It's, so fundamental to law enforcement that it used to be a question on our uh, hiring boards, which we commonly call oral boards, but some people don't, well, what the hell is that? But it's a cop thing. Um, so you go in these oral boards and it's, it's usually a grilling by three or four people. And uh, they ask you all these questions and they're like, what would you do if you saw, you know, your mother speeding down the freeway? And of course, I really want this job. Well, I'd give my mother a ticket. Yeah. Well, that's not true. You wouldn't right. do that. But you know what? The times when that song was written, and I'm going to guess 70s, 80s, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was off Nebraska that uh, we talked a little bit before we okay. hit record. That was what, so this was probably 1980, you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the the... The, uh, the attitudes in law enforcement have changed a lot. So I have a kind of a core view of what's going on in there, and then I kind of have a what, what, how it would weirdly be different now. Eighty-two. It's, I had to you, correct it. Yeah. Okay. When you go into when you go into law enforcement, it will separate you from some people. Yeah. Um, I have I have buddies back in North Carolina that I'm still friends with, but I'm pretty sure that if I was working in this job there, we probably couldn't hang out that much. And I'm not saying they're 
fully crap criminals or anything. Yeah. But, you know, they do things that everybody does and you just, I don't need to be around it. And they don't want the one cop in the room. And you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. Um, you know, I was at a party once that, uh, it was actually my wife's friends and, uh, somebody lights up uh, marijuana and this was way before it was legal in Colorado. Yeah. And, uh, Everybody looks at me like I'm going to have a problem. I'm like, you're smoking marijuana in your house. Why are you worried about my reaction? Yeah. Uh, but but anyway, so in the song, he lets his brother go, I believe. Yeah. And uh, would you, would you not? Well, there's a couple of reasons why. He was coming up to the state line. You almost have to. Right, yes. <laughs> but of course, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to arrest your brother? You're gonna. Yeah. What if? What if he? What if he's messed up when he pulls out a gun? You're gonna shoot your brother. Yeah. And what's he gonna do? Shoot back at you? I don't know. Um, but it's much easier if, as a cop, starting his career in 2020, the answer is way easier. Yeah. Um, we don't chase people who we know who they are unless it's such a violent felony that mm-hmm. you can't. You know. Yeah. But if you know who they are, we don't chase them anymore because we write a warrant for them and find yeah, them. Exactly. So, of course, you don't chase your brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I that's, know who he is. He that's a good answer. You know, um, I do think that's, and um, it's a very cinematic song. I think, um, I, I Johnny Cash has done a version that is absolutely beautiful. That I think is actually better than the Bruce version, and you know, it's the idea, right? A, the man turns his back on his family. Well, he he just ain't no good. Um, so, uh, yeah, just curious. I and I think that's an interesting point, right? That there, the the question is, what would you do? And um, as you talked about in the boards, they ask you that question. But the reality is, um, you know, it's the same reason you can't be friends with people who work for you. Um, it was right. really weird when I got promoted to management the first time. Is all of a sudden there was this gap to people that were, you know, were my peers. And um, I, I do believe someone has told me this once, and I and I believe this that one of the hardest transitions to do is to manage people that you used to be uh, coworkers with, because it's. No matter how you do it, if you try to stay friends, they're not going to respect you. If you try to become their boss, they're going to—you forgot where you came from. It's just really, really hard to do. So that's interesting. Yeah. Well, to touch on that first, and then I want yeah. to go back to the, the, the you know turning on your family part. If 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 you are friends with someone, especially guys, I can't yeah. speak for ladies, but I assume. You will say things to your buddy that, oh my God, a stranger would think these people hate each other. You know, you you can call your friend a butthole to his face, and he's going to be like, nah, you're one too. Yeah. Well, who knows if you are that kind of friends with someone who becomes your boss, and your boss comes in and goes, oh, there he is, the big butthole. Well, the people that don't know the history are going to be like, man, the boss thinks he's a butthole. Yeah. So. But talking about turning on your family, who who's turning on their family? Is it the cop who's going to arrest his brother? The 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 other man in that song is a veteran and everything else, and 
you know, you'd think he'd have American values and so forth, and we're supposed yeah. to look down on criminal activity. So is he not the outcast? Usually you think of the black sheep as the, the criminal. So who's turning their back? But that's an interesting perspective that you could see either one as being the one who's turning their back on their family. And why would you think that as someone who's on the, the side of, uh, what is it, truth, justice, and the American way, to quote a famous uh, uh, Kryptonian? Well, and also, I think if you read, you know, or you listen to the song, right, like, um, so Frankie went in the army in 65, so it's in the middle of the Vietnam, um, and, you know, Frankie came home in 68, so he had, you know, he served three years, probably only one overseas, but still, and you wonder, you know, the Joe, who is the quote-unquote good brother who, you know, married Maria. The farm was losing money, so he took a job working for the state, you know. And Frankie, who served his country, came back. How messed up is he after being in Vietnam, right? What kind of demons are he fighting? Well, i got to tell you, um, I've, I've always found it amazing. Um, my job when I was in the Army was not one of those that was so super technical. I did have to yeah. learn how to use some – some machinery and stuff, but it's six months of training to get into the army. Yeah. Uh, you got two months in boot camp and then the, you know, four or more, depending on your job, to learn your job. How much training do you get to come back to the world? When you are in combat, you, every, everything is, and the, every, the solution to every problem you have is shut up and do what you're told or kill it. The guy that's barking at you over here, you, you shut up and listen to him, and he'll get you through this. Or the problem from over there, you got to throw a grenade or shoot at it. That's the solution to your problem. Now you come back to the States. What problem-solving skills do you have? The last four years of your life were this, and now it's something else entirely, and you can't act violently or anything in modern society. Now I'm not trying to make a case for that, but – We'd like to see that, man, maybe maybe we should put some attention on that and go, you fellas are having a hard time. Maybe, I, I remember after the first Gulf War, there were a rash of killings on Fort Bragg from soldiers coming back, getting in domestic violence and killing their spouses. I'm like, oh, my God, you've let the guard dogs into the uh, preschool. It's, uh, you know, we got to do something. And it, it, uh, post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injuries and just coping with, uh, you know, worrying about keeping your job and those kind of things is, is not something that soldiers trained in any way to deal with, but just suddenly it must. And yeah. plus you're young usually, even a, yes. even a career soldier gets out and they're only 40. So, yeah. You know, and, I, I, yeah, I've, you know, I've, I, I've always thought of, you know, because he kind of talks about like Frankie's just no good, but you wonder in the song, in the, you know, context, you know, how much of that was, and I'm going to get deep here, right? Like, I've always, when you talk about the prodigal son parable, right? Where right. the, yeah, the the son, you know, the the 
the prodigal son goes off. He 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 takes half his inheritance uh, from his father while he's alive. Goes spends it all. You know, is laying around. You know, just totally desolate. Comes back, and um, the father, you know, kills the fatted calf, takes the ring off his finger, puts it in him. You know, wraps his son and. Um, you know, and the son who'd stuck around is like, hey, Pop, what about me? You know, I've had none of this and I've stuck around. And, you know, and, and the parable is, right, what is lost has been found. And every time I hear that parable, I always go, you know, I think the other son's got a point. <laughs> you know, I just, I'm not thinking, <laughs> I'm not saying he shouldn't be, I, he shouldn't be resentful that his son, that his brother is back, but he's like, I do see his point about, hey, look at me. And when you throw that in, the, the thing of Highway Patrolman, right? That, um, let's look at Frankie. I got stuck to jail. Um, you ended up marrying Maria. Like we both, you can argue from the song, they both, because they took turns dancing with Maria, you know. You ended up right. getting a good job. You, you, you have a beautiful wife. I'm a veteran, no, you know, having troubles, no prospects for a job. Um, you could see his bitterness, and uh, and and yeah, I guess if you're Joe Roberts, you just kind of have to, you look away and you hope that Frankie's going to find his way. Yeah, it's it's tough, but you know, my my family is all on the East Coast, um, and. Uh, I moved away and I'm the first person that I know of that did. I had an uncle that moved to Indiana, but five or 10 years later, he was back and he lives in North Carolina again. I'm the first one to leave. And every time I go back, it's a little celebration. Everybody's happy. I'm so happy. We all love each other and we're all like, Oh, let's go do fun stuff. And, but the mundane things day to day, it's weird because I guess I'm the prodigal son in this is my mom tells me, okay, um, you know, when, when I go, my brother's going to be the executor. Uh, my brother mows her grass for my brother is the guy that she, she's over at his house all the time. And my God, you can be jealous either direction. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm like, Oh, I miss that. I talk to my mom all the time, but, She's not hanging out at my house. I'm not eating dinner with her every week. And, um, yeah, I get it. I see it from both directions, too. But he also gets the burden. And I don't mean that in the, oh, you don't want to do it. But the he he has to cut her grass. And he has to be the executor on her will. And so it's just, it's all in the eye of the beholder. It's a grass is greener sort of thing. It's neither, perf- it's neither is perfect, I'm sure. But that song illustrates it really well because – you know, the results of that song, that's the end of the song, but you know Christmas is coming, Thanksgiving is coming. If not this year, but next year, you're going to want to sit down and have dinner with your family. Yeah. And can you now? Yeah. I mean, because if the, if the guy doesn't at least tell the police that the guy they're looking for is in town, is he going to lose his job? Cause, right. you know, we have policies you can't ignore crimes you know and and you're just 
then we'll wrap this up. But I think it's interesting because I do the same thing, right? When I go home to Louisiana, you know, um, I, I always feel appreciative and a little guilty because, you know, my brother has moved to Houston. I'm in Dallas. My sister lives in just a little bit north of where my mom lives. And um, she's there all the time. And um, <laughs> this is funny, but it's not. Um, I was, something was happening, and I don't remember. This is several years ago, and I was like, I called my sister Rita, and I'm like, oh, Rita, you know, Mom's killing me. She's called me four times today. And Rita's, <laughs> Rita's like, really, four, huh? I usually get a dozen. <laughs> You know, yeah. she's like, I usually get a dozen. Really? For you? Four? And I was like, oh, man, I should just shut up now because it's like – so, uh, yeah, that's great. Man, I feel like I shouldn't ask you the Mary question now because we've already tore apart a song, but it's tradition. So um, we're going to wrap it up at one last question. Uh, so for those of you who have never listened to the podcast, thank you, welcome. But Jay Armstrong is an honors English teacher in the Philadelphia area, and he teaches um, honors English. And every year, his seniors, they spend two days breaking down the song Thunder Road, where they view it as a poem. They go through all the lyrics. They look at the different imagery. Uh, they compare it to other poems like Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken. And at the end of the two days, he asks his class, does Mary get in the car? So, Dave, does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? Well, as a law enforcement officer, the first answer is not without being patted down. <laughs> and if she does, she definitely has her seatbelt on. Absolutely. And you'll put it on her if she doesn't. But, um, you know... Like I said, I love music, but I also love movies and I love to read. Who reads a book or writes a book or makes a movie about the one that got away? I'm sure you can name some, but the movies that stick, and especially in the modern world, will have a sequel, are the ones about how somebody got together. Of course she did. Now, I wanted to say no because I wanted to be contrary when I first – started listening to your podcast and be like, Oh, he kind of gives her a backhanded compliment with the beauty part. But, um, I think she has to go. Plus the times when that song was written. And even now America's born. So we, we're born of people who came here from other places. And then when we got there, we're like, no, keep going West, keep going West. Oh, there's no more over here. Okay. Let's go to the islands. Let's go up North. Let's, where can we be? And that's our nature. So we want to go from where we are to the rest of the world. Um, so, yeah, she gets in the car. I mean, she might uh, jump out an hour later because, no, it's not a good idea. But she's getting in the car because she wants to. And if she's anything like the females in my life, she's going to want to drive. So I'm just going to hang on a ride. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, this has been so much fun. Uh, David K. Proctor, what have I not asked you that I should have? Um, you know, I, I can't think because originally I wasn't sure why you wanted me on your podcast. And I hope this doesn't bore your uh, your uh, fans. But 
I, I think it's all out there um, that they want. I don't really have an online presence. I know you're going to ask that eventually if you're not here, but so I don't know what there is to ask me that anybody would be interested in. Um, I'm not hard to find, you know, through the regular things. If you know my name, you, you can find me. And if you, someone has a question and they send it to you, I'll be glad to answer it. But I don't, I can't think of anything. Very nice. All right. Uh, so you've already mentioned, uh, your Twitter handle is, uh, uh, David K. Proctor, correct? At David K. Proctor, I believe. All right. Uh, <laughs> Dave, I hope you had fun. This is, uh, our conversation went a little bit different, but I knew it would be. That's the beauty of re-recording, right? But uh, this was fun. I hope you had a good time. I certainly did. I I, I treasure it. And it, from my perspective, I've done it twice now. And, oh, this is great. And, uh, you know, I hope it's just the beginning of uh, something. I, I'm going to be listening to you, and I, I'm going to participate anytime you want me to, and uh, the other podcasts as well. And I'm waiting. You were talking about on fandom, I believe, you're going to go into a subject um, that I was interested in, and I'm drawing a blank. I know it's something that's been out, but you guys are going to cover it. But anyway, I, I, I'm, I'm going to I put that back in my subscription because I'm looking so forward to it. So. Uh, well, that's good. Well, um, I tell you what, I'll give you homework. You mentioned that um, it isn't so much movie soundtracks or movie th- – theme songs or scores that strike you but it's individual songs uh why don't you keep a list as as you think of them and then uh later this later this fall or maybe early next year we'll have you on and you can mention your seven to ten favorite highlights that this song on this movie brought you joy or made you think or moved you how's that well uh, that my wife will listen to this and she'll be like, Oh no, he just spoke the words. I make charts and lists of everything. I have a, uh, a usage log for my car and on my doctor who I have, I have a doctor who, uh, work spreadsheet that I am constantly working on. And uh, so now I have another one. But, uh, yeah, I'll do that. That sounds like a good idea. All right. That sounds good. (laughs) Listeners, I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Please be good to yourselves. Please remember to social distance. Uh, Wash your hands. Wear an effing mask. Wear an effing mask. (laughs) And take care of yourself, and we will talk to you soon. Goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Bruce shirts as well as a Merry Question t-shirt. 
There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only. Said Listening Bruce. Said Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. Blinded by the light. Yeah. And uh, I almost went there, but uh, I don't know. That might have been right on the note. No, did you I watch do have an, I, Did you watch it? Yes. What did, did you think of it? I loved it. it. I loved it. And, I mean, they chose all the great songs. Yes. You know, my, my perspective, all the great songs. Yeah. And uh, it, it made me it made me jealous of the young man a little bit because, man, he really connected with that. He found his music, and that's all oh, that's so good. And it's like, to me, like religion. I'm, I'm not a religious person anymore, but I grew up in the church, and I envy people that have that. Uh, what do you want to call it? It's not just faith, it's the conviction. Yes. Because, well, I know the answer. Yeah. Of course, this is how you get out of that. Um, and uh, the, whatever your conviction is, some people yeah. I know have wrong convictions, but just to be, to have the doubt removed. And he found his, he found his thing, and that is that is a beautiful thing. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.